Drivers, start your engines! It's time for the fastest hour of radio. Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this podcast edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here on your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. We greatly appreciate you taking the time to join in, listen, download, and subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. My name is Alfie and I'll be joining you here delivered to you. Another brand new week's edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast coming off a championship weekend at Phoenix, where we crown champions in the Truck Series, Xfinity Series, and the Cup Series. And it's hard to believe that we're wrapping up another NASCAR season. It just seems like yesterday we were kicking off the season at Daytona for the Daytona 500 and celebrating the 75th year of NASCAR. And now here we are wrapping up the season uh, at Phoenix over the weekend. And then we're just a few months away till mid-February when we kick off the 2024 season of NASCAR with another exciting running of the Great American Race, the Daytona 500 from Daytona International Speedway. So we'll look over the results of what happened over the weekend at Phoenix here momentarily, as I mentioned, in our weekend racing recap. But I do want to mention and congratulate the Cup Series champion for 2023, Ryan Blaney, which will break down the Cup Series championship race here, as I mentioned here in just a matter of moments. But the Atlanta Motor Speedway was running a promotion dealing with the championship four race on Sunday at Phoenix, dealing with the Ambetter Health 400 NASCAR Cup Series race, which will be on Sunday, February 25th from Atlanta Motor Speedway. And basically the promotion was, this only is eligible for people who bought tickets for the Ambetter Health 400 NASCAR Cup Series race before the green flag flew at Phoenix for the championship race, which was basically whichever driver won the championship that would unlock a special promotional gift for those Ambetter Health 400 ticket holders. And since Ryan Blaney won the championship, now those of you who are holding tickets for the Ambetter Health 400, once again, that'll be on Sunday, February 25th from Atlanta Motor Speedway, you can now purchase doubleheader tickets for Saturday, February 24th for the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series race for only $15. So how about that? So you can head on over to AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com for all the details of how to purchase now for only and better health 400 ticket holders before the green flag dropped at Phoenix in that Cup Series race. You're now eligible to purchase tickets for the Saturday doubleheader on Saturday, February 24th for the truck race and the Xfinity Series race at once again for $15. So to do that, just check your email account or call the AMS ticket office. And for all that information, as I mentioned, head on over to AtlantaMotorSpeedway.com. But we do have another star-studded edition of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast for you this week. We've got some great guests that will be joining us in just moments. We will hear from Bandolero Driver from the great state of Georgia, Emma Britt. Also, Lenny Batiki, the host of Pure Under the Track, will join us to break down the latest in short track news. And then also we have an interview replay that we conducted earlier in the year with the former general manager and now member of the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame, 
Ed Clark. So all that will be coming up for you here in just a matter of moments. And also, don't forget about our social media locations as well. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Week, or you can follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio. And while you're there during the offseason, you always will get the latest in racing news and information 24 hours a day, seven days a week via our Facebook page and our Twitter page as well. But before we get into our great guest and get into some great conversation with him, uh, let's take a look, as I mentioned, what happened over the weekend at Phoenix with our weekend racing recap. As we take a look at the results of what happened in the Truck Series race this past Friday night and have yourself another one, Ben Rhodes. You are a two-time NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series champion. Now time to celebrate. Rhodes battled for the Truck Series crown for the third consecutive season, converting for the second time in his career in his past Friday night's Craftsman 150 at Phoenix Raceway. He finished ahead of fellow Championship 4 contenders Corey Heim, Carson Hosever, and Gret Enfinger to join the company with his second series title. Rhodes, who drives the number 99 Thor Sports Ford, is just the fifth competitor in series history to accomplish the feat. He joins Ron Hornaday Jr. with four titles, teammate Matt Crafton, who has three titles, Jack Spray with two titles, and Todd Bodine, who also had two titles. His first title in 2001 was punctuated by an incredible celebration following the consumption of a few choice beverages. Let's see what he does for an encore. The other four champ contenders uh, finished well back in the pack with Heim coming in 18th and Hosever finishing 29th. Hein led 47 laps but was done in when he and Hosever made contact on lap 119 of a scheduled 150 laps. Heading into Phoenix, Rhodes and maximized results throughout the playoffs. He had the fewest top five finishes for a series champion since Crafton had seven in 2019 but found the speed when it mattered most. Over to the Xfinity Series, after an overtime restart, this saw title contenders engage in a breathtaking three-wide battle down the backstretch. Cole Custer negotiated a tightly bunched pack of cards to win the NASCAR Xfinity Series championship race and the series title on Saturday at Phoenix Raceway. The victory was the third of the season for Custer to return to full-time Xfinity racing this year after a three-year stint in the NASCAR Cup Series that produced just a single victory. But Custer proved his mettle after slipping from first to third in the running order moments after the final restart. Championship Ford driver John Henry Nemechek held a fleet lead but couldn't turn his number 20 Toyota in turn one and lost the top spot to title contender Justin Allgaier. Custard steered his double zero Stuart Haas racing four to the inside of Allgaier Chevrolet as the three championship hopefuls raced side by side down the backstretch before Custer emerged with the lead. A lap later, Custard crossed the finish line 0.601 seconds ahead of charging Sheldon Creed and another 0.007 seconds ahead of Allgaier who to win for the first time in Phoenix and the 13th time in his career. Allgaier spun underneath Nemechek on lap three and worked his way back to the front from 38th in the running order, but Custard had the superior car in short runs and proved it after the final restart. Riley Herbst ran fourth on Saturday, followed by title contender Sam Mayer. Nemechek, a series-best seven-time winner of the season, suffered a flat tire after the final restart, slammed the outside wall, and finished 28th. In a race that produced eight cautions for a total of 46 laps, Custard led 96 to 202 laps to 66 for Nemechek. Josh Berry, Austin Hill, Chandler Smith, pole winner Sammy Smith, and Kaz Grosla completed the top 10. 
Over to the Cup Series. For the first time in 10 years of the elimination playoff format, the NASCAR Cup Series champion failed to win the title race. Not that it mattered one bit to 2023 champion Ryan Blaney. When he took the checkered flag in second place in the NASCAR Cup Series championship race, the driver in the number 12 Ford gave Team Penske its second straight title in NASCAR's Premier Series and gave Ford a sweep of championship weekend at Phoenix Raceway. Oh, and as Blaney was pulling away from Carl Larson to William Byron over a 31-lap green flag run to the finish to claim his first cup championship on Sunday, Ross Chastain secured his second victory of the season. In a fierce battle for the title against 2021 champion Kyle Larson, Blaney edged ahead of the Hendrick Motorsports driver in lap 292 and secured second place behind Chastain, who grabbed the top spot from Denny Hamlin after a restart on lap 282. Chastain crossed the finish line 1.230 seconds ahead of Blaney, whose elation was indulged one iota by the runner-up result, given the bigger prize he won by finishing second. Chastain led a race-high 157 laps to 95 for Byron. Harvick finished 7th after leading 23 laps in his final season as a full-time driver in the NASCAR Cup Series. And after the race, this is what Ryan Blaney said about the emotions he felt after winning the championship when the checkered flag came out. Yeah, I'm not a very emotional guy. And uh, I did tear up on the last lap a little bit in the helmet, uh, just thinking about a lot of stuff. Uh, I did... I did uh, I was a little sobbing baby on the radio after the race. I could barely speak. Just, just you know, just thinking about everything. Proud of, proud of everybody. Uh, you know, it's been a been a long career in, in motorsports, and uh, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Just, just kind of overcome with emotion. I mean, if you try to do something for a long time, you're uh, overcome with it, and um, it's just kind of part of it. So. Bell fell out of the race on lap 108, but Blaney, Larson, and Byron came home second, third, and fourth. Blaney's margin over Larson at the finish was 2.243 seconds, though Larson beat Blaney off pit road during the final caution for Kyle Busch's spin in turn three on lap 275. Larson couldn't hold off Blaney's superior car. And coming up this week, the NHRA will f- conclude their 2023 season in Pomona, California for the In-N-Out Burger NHRA Finals. That'll be November 9th through the 12th as the NHRA will crown their champions in all their various race divisions. And the checkout times and the networks that will be airing the finals of the NHRA series, just head on over to NHRA.com. And that is your weekend racing recap for you here on the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Ben Rose, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right. Welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Southeast. We continue on this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. I'm very honored and privileged to welcome our next guest here. Via the Food Depot Zoom line, and she is a great friend of the show, a great Benelero driver that you've seen racing all over the United States of America, and she's been, uh, and we're honored to have her join us here, and she's got a couple of minutes out of the day to come on and talk about her fantastic racing career. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in great friend of the show, Miss Emma Miss Britt, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully, you're having a great day today, my friend. Yes, sir, I am. How has your day been going? 
Going good, going good, and we're so glad you're taking the time to join us here on a Southern Race Week Radio. As I mentioned, you're a great friend of the show, a fantastic Bendelero driver, so we always appreciate it. We take a couple of minutes to uh, join us here on the radio show and a podcast. Uh, before we get things going here, um, just recently, I saw a post uh, that was saying, and, and I wanted to get you on the program to talk about this, that you just finished up your final bandolero race of your career you recently raced a couple of weeks ago you said it was your final uh, bandolero race before we talk about the future of, of your career uh tell us about your season because uh, you've come out of 2023 uh gangbusters with a ton of victories uh, all throughout the year in your various uh, different bandolero races uh, any one of those wins jump out at you as your most impressive or most um uh, the the win that you really hold to a higher esteem in, in 2023? Yes, I can already think of it on the top of my mind. The win that stands out the most in 2023, there's two of them that are dear to my heart, but one just really stands out the most, and that was the Speed Fest win. I not only loved the win, the battle, but really just the people there, the moment. It was amazing, just to really feel like when you get out of that car and you get to get interviewed and all of that and just be a part of such a big weekend with this Super Series, it was incredible. That one's definitely on the top of my chart. And just a few weeks ago, you raced and, and you mentioned on social media on your Facebook page that it was your last Bandolero race. So tell us a little bit about uh, uh, that event. So... A couple weekends ago, we raced the same place as Speed Fest, Chris Motorsports Park, and that was all. So it was really sentimental because that's where I had my first race, my first ever laps, and it was also my last. And it was it was really it was awesome to go out with my last win, Abando, to be the first. Like that track is really dear. No other place I would have rather had that last race. It was awesome. I had everybody around me who I loved and everybody else who I loved watching. It was incredible. And I really could have not asked for a better season a better tracks I could have went to and I just have enjoyed this journey so much and I cannot wait to pick back up in a new car but with the same program now off the top of your head do you know how many wins you had in 2023 I know how many wins I've had in the three years would be 40 but 17 counted from February like 20 or around like 2030, around there, because we had raced a good bit between before February. But you have 40 career victories in a Bandolero car. That's uh, quite impressive. I know you've made a lot of noise over the last year with the tremendous success you've had doing the uh, Bandolero racing for you here. As we're speaking with Emma Britt, a Bando driver from the uh, state of Georgia, who is joining us here on Southern Race Week Radio. As you mentioned, uh, Emma, this is your final time riding uh, in a Bando car. So for our listeners, and I've gotten a lot of questions from some of our listeners wondering what the next step is or what you're doing for your future. Um, so what's the next move for you, Emma? Have you have any idea what's going on? Or are you still working details? Or, or can you tell our listeners uh, what's going on for you for the rest of the year and going into 2024? So what's going on for the rest of year is I'm definitely trying to get some seat time. Uh, we have confirmed that the next step is going to be a legend car. We are almost done with it. My dad has worked his tail off on it. I mean, he has not 
wasted a breath, stopped working on it. I mean, him and Rusty and Lenny have worked so hard, and Mr. Jim, that he's ran to Summit, so is Lenny, Dad, and up to Charlotte. Like, they have made countless, countless trips to make this car be ready so I can practice and hopefully race in December, but that's going to be really hard because I'm going to need a lot of practice because it's a lot different than a Bandolero. But I will be, in fact, racing the beginning races of January, February of next year. Now, what is this, when did you make this decision? Was this is something that you talked to your, your dad, your family about, get their opinions, thoughts of maybe some other, other fellow drivers? Where for you was this decision made that you were ready to move on from Bandoleros now to the legend cars? So a lot of factors fell into this. We were really did not want to jump me into a bigger car without experience with shifting and throttle control. And we just wanted to make sure that I was ready because you never want to go too fast because I've seen a lot of drivers that go from Bandolero like racing four years in a bando than getting a legend car and have done absolutely phenomenal just because of their seat time. And it doesn't matter which car, it's just that seat time and the driving experience, which I've definitely been in the bandos for three years when COVID hit, so about four and a half, kind of around there. And me moving up now, I am really excited because after seeing every driver who I raced with for so long, when they moved up, they picked up very, fairly, very quickly and learned a lot. And that was a really big factor in okay we think a legend is going to be the best option because the car transitions are the same tracks so it's not like you're going to get thrown off a lot and you're also learning on your same tracks you're comfortable with you know this track and it was just kind of that I mean we have a bunch of big cars we were unfamiliar with bandoleros at first so we really did kind of want to stick with that because it was something I was familiar with so instead of jumping the gun get me in a bigger car so I'm ready for that because my dad's biggest thing is making sure I am ready, which is mine too. I really want to have enough experience because I want to be really good in what I get into and I want to make sure that I take all the right steps to get better and better. Well, Emma, we're really excited to uh, see what the future holds for you in 2024 when you start racing in a Legends car. Now, for our listeners out there who want to keep up with your schedule, keep up with what's going on with you, especially when you get ready to start racing in 2024, where can our listeners go to to get the latest information and uh, and keep up with what's going on with you and your racing career? So I have... All my social medias are going to be the same besides Facebook. So Instagram, Twitter, all of those will now X, but they are all Emma Britt 38. And, but Facebook is Emma Britt Racing. Well, Emma, we're really appreciating taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio to let us know what's going on with your future plans in 2024. We're very excited for you. You've uh, succeeded in the Bandolero series. We're only looking forward to seeing what you can do and accomplish when you get into the Legend Car program. And as always, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck to you as you continue your practicing in 2023 and getting ready to kick off the season in the Legend Series in 2024. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It really could not have been possible without people like the Copanex Group, Heinz Performance, Z.
Max, certain motorsports. I mean, truly, this has been a dream come true. This has probably been the most wins I've gotten in a season, but also I've raced more this season than I ever have in my entire life because I've only raced for three years. But it, I was super fortunate like just in this small bandolero first step to go to tracks like Vegas and the people that made this possible to go to like Florida, Nashville, just all this traveling to try different tracks. I really could not have ever done it without them. And my dad, my mom, my grandparents, my brother, Lenny and Shayna, Rusty Clanton, Stacy, Jim Mason, and most of all the track workers and the people that build these cars, I have seen so many wrecks and people walk out completely unscathed. Just all those people, because I don't feel like the track workers and people who build these cars get enough thank yous. And I would really like to thank them. Well, Emma, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Southern Race Week Radio. Kent, looking forward to have you back on the program when you kick things off for your legend racing. And uh, we'll look forward to enjoy the off season and look forward to talking to you in 2024. Thank you so much. Hey guys, Dave Burns from NBC here. You're listening to Southern Race Week. Well, race fans here on Southern Race Week Radio and Southern Race Week Podcast, every single week in and week out, we love to talk about all kinds of racing. And there's one guy that knows everything there is to know about short track racing, and that is none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Lenny Patike. Lenny, welcome back to the show, sir. WB, glad that uh, the captain of the ship is on board with us. Uh, great to uh, chat with you. Alfie's been doing a good job when you've not been here, but man, now I feel like I've stepped my game up to be with the big daddy. Lenny, a uh, lot of great racing action has gone on this year, and there's been a lot of excitement uh, brewing. And it seems like that, uh, you know, I don't want to brag about Georgia, but it seems like that Georgia is finally finding and catching its niche when it comes to having some great racing. And it all kind of, after this weekend, kind of all points that direction. It, it really does. But, you know, over throughout the year, um, it's been a bit of a dip. Uh, you know, it was Chase Elliott's not had the year he wanted. Uh, you know, Big Sexy uh, hadn't over there in, in Augusta, hadn't had his year, but his brother did, uh, won a couple of big races. Um, you know, so... There's been good. Emma Britt, what a fantastic year that young lady has oh, had, yeah. uh, second in the national points. I think that uh, Ashton Winger may get, uh, you know, comeback driver of the year from uh, the rough start he had to, you know, finishing with a lot of good wins. So Georgia's got a lot to uh, be proud of and a lot to be hopeful for. And six events over the next three weeks uh, at virtually every track except Sugar Creek. Uh, they ended their season early. Great year for them. A lot of positive energy uh, up the hill, if you will, uh, at Sugar Creek Speedway. But Livonia, Georgia, they're going to run the Georgia State Championship uh, the same weekend. But Pollards will run the Sonoya Peach Classic. And I think they're going to run mostly different divisions. So depending on the cars you like, uh, the Pollards certainly going to have a fantastic show down there at Sonoya. They, they always do. And what the improvements each time you go there are just jaw-dropping. So uh, really appreciate what they have invested in the sport, um, not just uh, having Bubba running around in the uh, pavement super late model, but I really, you know, I just keep watching him, and he slips into a crate car, and he, he goes and runs. And at some point, you, you kind of get done with, uh, you know, wanting to be frustrated racing pavement uh, in a lot of ways these days. Could I could we really see Bubba Pollard maybe shift over the attention 
to maybe, uh, you know, much more dirt in the next couple of years. I, I mean, it, it's just ripe for it. But um, those will be the, the two races coming up next weekend. Of course, this weekend, World of Outlaws World Finals is at the dirt track up here in Charlotte. A lot of attention will be going on there. And that's good. That will open up some eyes for uh, some of the other folks. But those are the first two of the six. And uh, I know they're close to to your place and uh, a lot of good people you know are going to be there i will tell you that uh that bubba uh is 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 getting ready to go to nashville this weekend and you know he and he and i've talked about nashville and he just really you know he says he just hasn't found the key to unlocking that that magic gate to get to victory lane at nashville why is nashville speedway fairground speedway so hard for the average for for a superstar. Nah, high banks, Bubba Pollard be fine at the speed. Never a problem for Bubba. Um, it may just be the the tune up, the, the setup that uh, is different than he's used to throwing at a car. I get with Sterling Marlin. You know, he's won many races up there, still around. Uh, Daryl Waltrip. Uh, there's a number of guys that you know, veterans that you know were, were you know famous in their day as well, but. Uh, you know, offering some setup advice might be able to open, um, you know, a thought process that would give Bubba the ability to chase down what that setup that he doesn't be able to find just yet and uh, pull off that win. Oh, he's got more pavement wins in him. I'm oh, just I'm thinking a- that, uh, you know, as you, as you want to race uh, closer to home and maybe have a little, you know, more enjoyable, pleasurable time. Uh, you know, you start running some dirt races more than you run pavement. Might not be uh, bad for Bubba as he does seem to like both of uh, both of the disciplines. If y'all just join us here, we got Lenny Batiki. Lenny, let's remind everybody where they can find you and follow you on all the social platforms, plus your your programs that you have available that people can listen to anytime, anywhere. All the social platforms, uh, Twitter, X, whatever you call it now, Facebook, Instagram, PRN at the track. PRN at the track. We'll keep you updated with the news we find. You can hear our shows at goprn.com. We'll also be uh, covering Need More, which will be run in the middle part of the month. The Early Bird, the Screven racetrack will be running that same weekend as well for their version of the Georgia State Championships. Cochran will be running Friday night of Thanksgiving week, and we'll be down at the Turkey 100, one of my favorite races at Swainsboro Raceway. JJ and company down there doing such a great job, you know, putting some new stuff in and still keeping Paul Purvis, uh, you know, running around there as well. We love it at Swainsboro, and I can't wait to uh, be down there for Thanksgiving weekend with uh, what I consider family at Swainsboro. Well, and then we also have to think about that the big the big asphalt race uh, coming up of all asphalt race, the Snowball Derby, and, and everything else is just around the corner as well. Yeah, as soon as we uh, jump over into December, uh, Snowball Derby will be right there, and a lot of Georgia drivers have their eyes on uh, you know that big prize. And certainly, first and foremost, to be that young man, Bubba Pollard from Sonoy. And a lot of NASCAR drivers as well. Yeah, they're going to go down there and find out that, uh, you know, their Sunday cars aren't running. And uh, they're going to have to run up against uh, Bubba and Stephen Nassi and cars that uh, they're really good in. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a different way of getting around a racetrack. And uh, makes the snowball derby that much more exciting when uh, the big names are running with big names and everybody's out there trying to, you know, get that snow globe uh, to take home. 
pretty cool. Can't wait to uh, see that one as well. This is Kim Coon. You're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie as we continue on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And earlier this year, I had the opportunity to speak with Ed Clark, the former general manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway, as he was inducted into the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame back in August of this year. And I had the opportunity to catch up with our good friend, Ed Clark, and talk to him about being inducted into the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in 2023 Georgia Racing Hall of Fame member and also former general manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Ed Clark. Mr. Clark, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Sir, hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. Well, I am. It's certainly my pleasure to join you. I've been doing this for a lot of years and uh, <laughs> Uh, had a lot of interesting conversations. I'm sure today will be no different. Oh, we're looking forward to this great conversation. I'm sure you had some great conversations with WB back in the days when you used to do these uh, fabulous interviews here on uh, Southern Race Week Radio. Absolutely. We, we've had a lot of fun. We've talked about a lot of interesting uh, com- uh, subjects but uh, enjoyed every single one of them. Yeah, and most of our conversations always dealt with race weekend at AMS when you were the uh, general manager of the racetrack, but uh, obviously this conversation will be a little bit different because you are being honored on Saturday, August 5th as you're a part of the induction class for 2023 at the uh, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts as you get set to be immortalized at the uh, Georgia Racing Hall of Fame? Well, it's it's really an honor and a privilege. You know, there's there's some great racing talent and, and individuals who've been associated with racing uh who are already a part of the hall of fame there it's uh it's it's very humbling to be included in that group and uh, let me say this for people who've not been to dawsonville and seen the georgia racing hall of fame they really need to go it is a true treasure for the state and for race fans in this area um, they they do a great job. They've got some wonderful displays there. Well worth the time and, and the effort it takes to, to drive up and, and, and take a walk through and, and see all the wonderful things they've got there. And it's continuing to expand and grow. Um, you know, they're, they're, Cindy Elliott is, is the director, but uh, there is a big group of amazing volunteers who give of their time to help out and, and, and make everything possible. And so if you haven't been and gone to see it, you really need to go up and take a look. But one of the great, great stories, and, and it's an amazing story, and I've heard you told, tell it many times, is that the first event that you worked at Atlanta Motor Speedway by far was probably one of the most memorable races as we look back at the 75-year history of Atlanta Motor Speedway as you were there for a great event, which was Bill Elliott winning a race, Alan Kowicki winning the championship. You had the King Richard Petty with his last race, and then Jeff Gordon with his first race in his NASCAR Cup Series career. Tell us a little bit about that race and what you remember from that first uh, event that you were the general manager for at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Well, it, it was probably it, it, certainly one of the top three or four highlights of, of my entire career. Number one, first race here at Atlanta, learning a lot about what 
we needed to do in 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 in, in this position what to do. Um, I actually started work, took the job, moved here from our track in Charlotte in July, and the race was in November. It was the final race of the season back then. The second day I was here, we sold the last reserve seat, and I was so excited I couldn't wait. I called Bruton Smith, my boss, and tell him the good news, and in typical Bruton fashion, his response was, what took you so long? I'd been on the job a little less than 24 hours, but that was Bruton. We always had a lot of fun. Um, and it was a memorable day. Uh, you mentioned all those things. Uh, in, in addition to the list you ran out there, there are also six drivers who mathematically had a chance to win the championship that day. So I, I never, my pants were about to fall down from all the radios I was carrying. We had to coordinate the Richard Petty last race, last ride around the track after the race. We had to coordinate victory lane for the race winner. And if the race winner was not the champion, also the champion celebration, a lot, a lot of great memories of that day. And, and I don't care which list you look at. I've seen multiple lists of the greatest races of all time. That event's always in the top three or four. Um, some people say it's the greatest NASCAR race ever because of all the storylines. But it was a memorable day, a great way to start my career there at Atlanta Motor Speedway. And that was November of 1992 and uh, had a lot of great memories since then. Speaking with Ed Clark here on Southern Race Week Radio as we get set for the induction banquet as he'll be inducted into the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame. That'll be Saturday, August 5th. And uh, Mr. Clark, uh, the track has made so many changes since uh, you first started there till the day you, you hung up and and retired from running Atlanta Motor Speedway. What are one of the changes or, or one of the things you've done to the track that you're the most proud of as far as your, your career there at the track? Well, I, I I don't know that there's any one. You know, it was a complete transformation of what the facility was in 1990 when Speedway Motorsports purchased it to what it is today. And, uh, you know, we would run races back in those early years, back in the 90s. We'd run a race Monday morning at 8 o'clock the day after the race. We were starting to tear something up to rebuild it better. And uh, that was an ongoing thing just about every race for years uh, till, till basically we got the facility rebuilt. I, I think generally, instead of any one thing, I would just say Bruton's vision of, of what he wanted to create. Uh, I always told people Bruton's success was because he was the biggest race fan I knew. He knew what the fans wanted because he was a fan himself. Um, no bigger fan in the world. And I think that showed in, in some of the amenities that, that we were able to build there to make things better for the fans. Um, we worked diligently and got the traffic situation improved, um, better facilities, uh, improved the infield, improved the grandstands, improved the suite level, all of those things. Um, so I, I don't know of anyone. I'm really proud also of the, the repave that's been done. I think it has totally transformed racing at Atlanta Motor Speedway and made it one of the most competitive tracks on the entire circuit race in and race out since that's been done. I'm Kayla Vinci from Fox Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, welcome back to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you here along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network at Southie. As we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And if you want to hear any of our previous episodes of Southern Race Week Radio, or maybe you want to hear this episode of Southern Race Week Radio once again, well, you can do so via 
our podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So we greatly appreciate you downloading, listening in, and subscribing to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And we really appreciate it if you subscribe to the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, because every time a new podcast is up and loaded and ready to go for you to listen to, you will always get a notification that will let you know that the latest episode of the Southern Race Week Radio podcast is available at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. And once again, we want to thank our great guests for joining us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. Of course, Bandolero driver Emma Britt, and then also host of Purin at the track, Lenny Batiki. And then our best of segment we ran earlier from this year with Ed Clark, the former general manager of Atlanta Motor Speedway and now Hall of Famer from the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame class of 2023. So thanks to those great guests for joining us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. And don't forget about our social media locations where we're always updating you on the latest in racing news 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So please head on over to our Facebook page and like it at facebook.com slash southernraceweek or follow us on Twitter at SRW Radio and you can follow our fearless leader on Twitter at WB Radio Network and yours truly at Alfie underscore 19 and then also we've got our email address so feel free to drop us an email let us know what you think about the podcast about the radio show anytime at srwradio at yahoo.com that is srwradio at yahoo.com so enjoy the rest of your racing weekend and we'll catch back up with you next week right here on Southern Race Week Radio.